If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning with the 10th verse. Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me if you would as we look at this series that we're going to be doing on new beginnings. New beginnings. God has certainly given us a new beginning from four and a half years ago, starting in a home. And today, seeing how God has blessed us with a beautiful building. And uh, we are so thankful for what He has provided for us. And as we look back, we want to continue to move ahead and give thanks during the process. And as we speak this morning, you know, I'm reminded in 2006, this past year, during the summer, I remember reading an article uh, in the New York Times about this uh, new church. Actually, it was a temple that was going up in New Delhi. And um, they were interviewing uh, the monk over there, and uh, it was the first mega temple uh, that had ever been built. It was actually, it's actually a Hindu mega temple. And um, he was talking about, and he goes, yeah, he said, we've got uh, you know, uh, animal electronics, and uh, we've got a singing fountain, and we even have a boat in our church that, uh, that families and kids can get on and ride around uh, through the temple. And, and um, they were asking a question, and they said, what get, what, where'd you get the concept? And they go, we got it from Disneyland. And, um, and you know what, let me tell you this, I, I, I'm not down on, on churches. That's a completely different religion, obviously, a completely different faith. And uh, God, we have to be who God calls us to be, and we certainly want to be uh, contemporary in our methods when it's necessary. Uh, but what we don't ever want to do is forget why is it that we exist? Why is it that we are here? I certainly don't want to forget that as a church, and that's one of the reasons we kind of went through our mission statement and our vision earlier. But you also need to remember why it is that you're here. Now, ultimately, it is to bring God glory. That's why we exist after we have accepted Christ. And we do that, though, through knowing Him and through making Him known, through knowing Him and bringing Him glory and making Him known. And there's some things that we have to do in order that we might have communion and devotion with Him. And I want us to look at those things, and I want us to remember. Abraham Heschel, who is a probably one of the most famous Jewish historians today, said this. He said that remember is the most important word in the Hebrew language. Now, as we look at remembrance, we're going to see in the Hebrew, it has a greater context than we know it. It doesn't just mean a permanence in image. It's not just a thought that you maintain. It's much richer and much fuller than that. When I think about memory and I think about remembering, I, I, you know, for me, I, I've already started that struggling mode where, you know, like I walk into my closet and I can't remember why I'm there, you know, or <clears throat> I go to the store for my wife and I don't know why I'm there and I cereal, bread, milk, eggs. I, I get those things and she wanted makeup. You know, I mean, I just, I'm a loser. I don't want to call back and go, well, why am I here? You know, I, I gave you a list. I know I forgot that. I lost that somewhere in the process. Uh, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the story. Victor Bragas was telling the story. He said, you know, uh, we were getting ready to go overseas for six months and we had all this luggage and we we're standing there in the line and I look at my wife. I go, man, I wish we were bringing the piano. She goes, why would we want to bring the piano? We have 16 suitcases. He goes, because the plane tickets are in the piano. And uh, I, can, I can relate to that. Or the old story my dad used to tell. Uh, I grew up on a farm in Louisiana, and my dad used to tell this story. He said, uh, you know, uh, uh, he said, you know, your grandpa was always real bad about forgetting things. And he said, remember one time this guy came over to visit him. He came in from, from town to visit him. And, and uh, your, dad would, your grandpa was just having a terrible time with his memory. And he said... Uh, 
he said, uh, well, Don, I'm a third, by the way, and this was Don Sr. He said, uh, Don, he said, uh, well, what, that's a good-looking dog, Arab. What do you call him? can't remember he goes just that he goes now what what is that what is that flower that has uh red red uh buds on it and it has thorns on it and it has red petals he goes a rose oh yeah that's right a rose hey rose honey what we name this dog over here <clears throat> that's when you know it's gotten bad remember the importance of remembering and god is speaking to the children of israel here reminding them. Verse 10, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good He has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase, all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through a vast, dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you uh, water out of hard rocks. He gave you manna to eat in the desert and something your fathers had never known to humble and to test you so that it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, My power and my strength of my hands have produced the wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your forefathers as it is today. In verse 11, the Bible starts off right here as God is speaking. He says, Be careful. Literally, beware. These are instructions that He's given the children of Israel because they've come into this covenant with Him. They are about to cross over the Jordan. They're about to receive the promise that they have worked so hard for, that they have waited so long for. It's about to be theirs. And God tells them to beware. Be careful. I want you to be cautious because let me tell you what's going to happen. The natural tendency is going to be for you to forget. It's going to be for things to be good. And it's kind of like uh, C.S. Lewis said, I remember Walter was quoting this again, you know, in, our, in the good times God whispers. And in our struggles God speaks. But God screams in our pain. And it's so easy when someone's whispering to just not hear them, to just not pay attention. And God is saying here, be careful. Be careful. Beware. The Hebrew word there is shamar. Shamar. It means to exercise great care of and to be aware of yourself. Be aware of yourself. Inspect. Pay attention. You know, most people that I talk to that find themselves in tremendous, uh, tremendously difficult circumstances, uh, not all the time, but most of the time, people who find themselves in situations where, that, where things are just bad and things are not going to be good for a long time. A lot of those started by making a bad decision, making a bad, bad choices. And as they continued, it just got worse and worse. And they didn't realize how far they were falling over. Most people don't become addicts overnight. Most people don't become alcoholics overnight. They don't become drug addiction, drug addicts. They don't become uh, have sexual deviance overnight. They start and they go and they go and they go and pretty soon they look up and they're addicted. It's because they weren't aware. They weren't paying attention. They weren't realizing the cost of each small step that seemingly didn't look that big of a deal. I, I, 
that's me. Let me just tell you, I'm not supposed to say stuff like this, but um, I, I lost some weight about three or four months ago. And, um, and then the holidays came, and I didn't intentionally try to gain it back. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't intentionally, but I just started eating little things here and there, and I'm exercising a little less. And it's just, it doesn't take a whole lot for me. And I, and I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go the other way. But because I was not aware, because I was not being conscious of what I was doing, I'm back where I started from. Congratulations to me. Beware in your spiritual life. Beware when you see yourself starting to miss the mark. When you find yourself starting to go down the wrong path. When you find yourself just letting the prayer time go. When you cease to read your Bible, when you cease in your faithfulness to the Bible study, to the church attendance, you find yourself just going down that path. Beware. God is telling His people, beware. Be cautious. Inspect. Recognize. Number two, He says, don't forget. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe His Commandments. And that word observe is an, uh, is an active word. Observe, I mean participate in. He says, don't forget. He's not just talking in Hebrew here. The word right here that's listed for us is actually uh, shaka. Shaka. And it doesn't mean simply to forget. It means to neglect or ignore. You ever had this happen? Those of you who have kids, you, you tell your child, you know what, go clean your room and then come sit down and we're going to have dinner. Go clean your room. I've been waiting for a day or two. Go clean your room. And you come back 30 minutes later, and they're still watching TV or doing whatever it was they were doing. And you go, oh, did you clean your room? I forgot. Did they really forget? No. They chose not to. They ignored you, okay? They just chose not to do it. That's what they do. And, um, hey, that's exactly what he's talking about here. It's not that you don't know the covenant that you have with me. It's not that you don't know that you are to keep your devotion to me. It's that you will ignore it. And you'll just stop. You'll just quit. It's not simply a memory issue. It's are you faithful? Are you following through? He says, beware. Don't forget. This is what he's talking about here. And he goes on through verse 14, 17. He talks about here, don't, don't begin to be the self-ruler. Instead of obedient to God, thinking that you're the one that has accomplished it, that you're the one has, that has obtained and blessed yourself and that you've earned everything that you have, that you're self-sufficient, that you can handle it all on your own, that you become a self-worshipper. It's all mine. It's like he says there in verse 17, but remember the Lord your God who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms this covenant that He has given to you. In verse 17, he says, You may say to yourself, My power and strength of my hands has produced all this wealth. But it's the Lord. Once we come to that point, we have entered into a spirit of self-worship. Number three, he says here, Remember. Remember. We see it in verse 18. We see it all through this text. Remember. That word means to think about, to recollect, but even more it means to take Action to take action. Probably the best way to understand it is um, when you, we see the word zakar, zakar used in uh, in the the, the uh, Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment. It says zakar the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember, 
He doesn't just remember it exists. No, He's saying observe it. Participate in it. That was one of the Ten Commandments of giving. That's the word that's being used. In other words, engage in it. Engage and participate in worship. That's what He's saying, that word remember. Remember, as it's used in the Scripture, even in Hebrews 11.22, the Bible says that Joseph, even then, and Joseph knew and he spoke about the exodus that would transpire from Egypt, that the Israelites one day would need to leave Egypt. He's remembering into the future. He remembers the past, he remembers the present, and he's remembering into the future. Remember the importance of that word. Let me ask you this. What are you remembering today? Spiritually, what have you remembered so far today? Now, most of you remember to come to church. That's good. Uh, and you're engaging. And when we sing songs to Him, we are remembering Him. We are bringing Him glory. We are praising. We are remembering who He is and what our need is. And we're recognizing Him. We're acting out remembrance then. When some of you got up, maybe you spent some time in prayer. That is the act that he's talking about of remembrance. Maybe some of you even had a time of devotion. That's the act of remembrance. Remembrance that transforms. Not just the acknowledgement of something, but the engagement. It's Guys, the best way I can help you understand this, it's just like when you have your wedding anniversary. If you just go and your wife says, you know what today is? Yep, it's our wedding anniversary. And you move on. Well, you remembered it, didn't you? Let me ask you, is that enough? Will that, that be okay? Will things go well in your house for a while? You just say, that's sure what happened, I don't know, 15 years ago. Yep, I remember. Or do you take it a step further, hopefully, and maybe you have a card or flowers or you do dinner, or maybe you just let your wife leave for a little bit. Maybe that'll make her happy. And, and you watch the kids. Uh, you know, but that's remembering, okay? Acknowledgement of the existence, you know, that's a good way to sleep on the couch right there, okay? But to remember means that you engage, that you not only mentally have a, a recollection, but that you actively remember and you show appreciation. You show what it is that you feel about that person and what it is that you believe about God. That's what remembering is. So the importance of this is that when we look back at 06, that the God you experienced in 2006, if nothing changes in your life, will be the same one you experienced in 2007. Maybe you said, you know, I just don't get much out of this. I come to church and, you know, I kind of check that box. I really don't get a lot out of this. don't really feel like God's doing anything in my life. And I want to ask you, how are you remembering Him? Well, I remember. I remember going to church. and I remember this. I remember that. I remember those songs. That's not what he's saying here. How are you engaging in devotion to him? What kind of time are you spending in prayer? What kind of time are you spending in his word? Let me challenge you to do this. Not if you're already doing more than this, then great, that's great. But you know, I'll meet a lot of people and we say, I don't know where to start. Here's 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 something for you to start with. This is something I'm doing this year, is I'm reading through Matthew four, five, and six and seven every night. So that anytime anybody mentions a scripture in there, I'll know it. And I can really do that in about 10 or 11 minutes. I'm not doing a lot of heavy study on there. I'm just reading it because rote memory will help me to memorize and help me to know. If you want to just take one chapter 
Uh, and that's the Sermon on the Mount. That's why I picked that. Jesus, probably Jesus' greatest dissertation, by a lot of scholars would say. And just take one chapter and begin to read that every night. Would you take four minutes and do that? And just ask God to speak to you? Would you be willing to do that? And I'm, I'm, in charge, I'm encouraging those of you who are doing nothing right now to start that. Could you do four minutes? Four minutes. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm asking. That's what I'm asking you to consider, four minutes. Because, see, four minutes is better than zero minutes. And guess what? If you continue on the plan you got right now, you'll get to where you are next year, and you're just older. You're not wiser. You're not better. You're just older, okay? And, you know, chronologically, God doesn't say, oh, here's some more spirituality. You're a little older here. No, you earn it, in a sense, because of your devotion to Him. You learn it is a better way to put it. So how are you going to do that? Number one, number second point is what you remember about God will determine what you expect of Him. If there is little prayer in your life, there's little power. If there is little reading of devotion to His Word, then He is speaking very little to you. Our past experience will shape our future expectation. You probably have very little expectation of God that He'll do anything. Can I tell you, if you will make a plan, if you will begin the process of remembering Him, then you will begin to see Him work and transform your life. But if you do the same thing you've always done and you expect different results, that's called insanity. Okay? So you've got to start somewhere. Now, I want us to give us some ways that we can remember. I've got a little card here, and I shouldn't have put uh, S's on I, I miscommunicated. It shouldn't have S's on the end of it, but it's just a little card. Some of you maybe got it. If you didn't get one, I'll give you one later. But first of all, uh, here's, here's to live life on purpose in 2007. I gave you a little acronym. First of all, to begin to pray. To begin to pray. Pray what? Pray that God blesses you, blesses your family, that people come to know Him. Begin to pray. Pick out three or four things that you're going to be consistent with and begin to pray. Make it simple to begin with. Number two, unite. Unite with other believers to make an impact. Begin to think of how you can get with other people, either at work or in your neighborhood, how you can work with them to bring God glory. What are some things you can do? To unite with them in Bible study. Unite with them in prayer. To unite with them in, in mission efforts. You unite with them in building relationships. Number three, take risks. Take the risk of, of sharing Christ, of showing Christ to others. That's why we have these great opportunities for you right now. We want to encourage you to take the risk and to use those. Number four, plan. Plan. Begin to make plans. Plan how you're going to do it. I'm going to do it at night from 1035 to 1045. I'm, here are the people I'm going to write down that I'm going to begin to pray for. I'm going to be, begin to share. I'm going to invite to a grand opening, whatever it is. Number four, observe, or oh, observe. We talked about it's not simply just watching, but participating. Choose to observe uh, worship, to be a part of worship, to observe times of prayer, to observe times of study. Sacrifice. Be willing to sacrifice the time. Be willing to sacrifice materials. Be willing to sacrifice your ego for the good of the kingdom. And lastly, expect God to work. Thank Him for what He has done and thank Him for what He is going to do. Will you remember Him this day? If you do that, I want to encourage you. I want to give you a couple little things you can do to remember. Add up the rewards of beginning and the cost of neglecting to begin. You're not going to live a life of purpose in 2007 and you're not going to really remember the Lord thy God and you're not going to see Him work in your life if you don't begin. Add up the rewards. Look and say, you know what? I can have a greater biblical knowledge. 
I can make a bigger impact in my family, in my marriage, in my children, at work, if I will begin the process of being trained, if I will begin the process of devoting time and prayer into my relationship with God and praying for others. The cost is nothing will change. It will stay just like it is. Generate a sense of urgency by looking at the calendar and recognize, hey, I'm not getting younger. This doesn't get any easier, and I'm missing opportunity. Make a plan. Number four, start now. Quit waiting till you know enough. Guess what? You're never going to know enough, okay? There's always going to be things you don't know. There's always going to be words you miss. There are already going to be things that you don't completely understand. Begin. Five, trust God, take the risk, and just do it. How do we remember? We have a couple of ordinances that we observe here. One of those is baptism that we did a couple of weeks ago. And when I baptize somebody, that is a time of remembrance. What is a remembrance of? We, well, we say uh, because of what Christ has done, His death, His burial, and His resurrection. I baptize you now in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. You're remembering, but you're doing. It's actively participating in worship. You're actively being obedient. Remembering is being obedient. What's another one? Another word of communion that we're about to do here in just a moment is when we observe the Lord's Supper. We come and we participate in communion. And this is a time where we inspect ourselves, yes, but where we also participate and, in a sense, commune with the Spirit of God as we remember the body that was broken for us and the cup of the new covenant, the blood that was poured out, that when God looks on us, He sees us as clean. He sees that our account is paid in full, even though we are sinful human beings. And as we do that in remembrance, as we participate in that act, we bring Him glory as we remember and as we actively participate. 